Namaste. I'm Reverend Wendy Craig Purcell here at the Unity Center in beautiful San Diego. Thank you so much for subscribing to this channel. Please make sure that you like the video you've just watched and consider making a contribution on our app or on our website. It's really easy to do. And thank you in advance for that support. It does make a difference. So the series that we're in is a series that I'm calling Living a Good Life, and it is an exploration of the seven virtues. And we've already covered three of them. We've looked at the virtues of prudence and fortitude and temperance, all old-sounding words, I know, I know. But these virtues provide a foundation for us to build a purposeful life, to build a life that makes a difference, these virtues help us to carve a character and to be the kind of person I think we really long to be and hope to be. The virtues that we've discovered, or not discovered, but have explored so far, though, are unique from the one we're going to take a look at today. Today we're going to look at the virtue of justice. But the other virtues that we've been looking at, the virtues of prudence, which is this idea of moving through the world in a mindful, cautious, deliberate way, or the idea of fortitude, which is about courage and strength, or the idea of temperance, which is about all things in moderation. Those three virtues are very much inward directed, directed toward one's character. But if you think about it, the virtue of justice is a little bit different. The virtue of justice is really directed outward toward others. The virtue of justice is about relationship. And I would say it's actually about the idea of living in right relationship. Living in right relationship. Right relationship with all others, not just people, but living in right relationship with our environment, living in right relationship with one another, living in right relationship with the circumstances of our lives. And so those first three virtues are very much about inward. This one is about how we are with each other, how we are in the world itself. The quote that I read earlier from, from, um, from Cornell West, I want to make sure I got the name right, from Cornell West, never forget, never forget that justice is what love looks like in the world. To me, is one of the most powerful descriptions of this idea of living in right relationship, of living in right relationship. I don't know how it is for you, but when I was growing up, I grew up in the Lutheran church, and we went pretty much every Sunday. My parents were open to different churches, but we kind of landed in the Lutheran church here in San Diego, as a matter of fact. I was confirmed at St. Andrew's Lutheran Church in St. Carlos. And I remember you know, my confirmation classes. I remember some of the, the Bible stories. But what I don't really ever remember being taught and maybe it was and I missed it, but I don't ever really remember being taught that somehow our faith, somehow our religion, our spiritual practice, whatever that is, should intersect 
with the real issues in the world. I don't ever remember getting that message. And what I've come to understand and to recognize to be true in my deeper study of spiritual teachers, in my deeper study of Jesus, is that it very much must include not just the growth that we do within ourselves, but how that growth within ourselves forms us and molds us and changes us to be living in right relationship with one another. That's a core concept in Buddhism, living in right relationship. I believe it was a core teaching, though he did not use those words, of Jesus, living in right relationship. He challenged the religious authority of his day because he felt that they were too tied to the letter of the law and were forgetting about the people, that they were putting a barrier between the people and their God. He talked about going out into the world to make it a better world, to make it a better world. Never forget that justice is what love, love, looks like in public. In this series, I've pulled from time to time from a book called Of Earth and Sky, Spiritual Lessons from Nature. It's a book compiled by Thomas Becknell. And he writes a little bit about this idea of the virtue of justice. And I found it to be quite deep and, and thought-provoking, the way he writes about the difference between and the difficulty between looking at justice individually and looking at justice in community. The difference between applying the idea of justice individually versus societally and the difficulty of doing so. And he suggests that it's relatively easy to practice this idea of justice, and he uses the idea of the golden rule, you know, one-on-one. -on -one. But how do you do that one-to-many? And I was taken by this section that I want to take a moment to read to you, because he poses in it some really meaty and difficult, at least I think they're difficult issues to grapple with, but they fall under the umbrella of Justice, they fall under the umbrella of what does love look like expressed through spiritually minded people out in the world. He writes, what theory, what theory of justice enables us to decide what is owed to whom? On what basis do we distribute our nation's wealth? How do we provide adequate health care for all citizens? What is owed to the elderly? What responsibility do wealthy nations have to developing nations? How do we adequately compensate those who have been torn away from their homeland? How does a society establish a right relationship between the common good and the individual good? I want to go back to that last question. How does a society establish a right relationship between the common good and the individual good? I don't have answers to these questions, but what I do think is really valuable is to be open enough to sit in the question. 
to be open enough to sit in the question, how does the society establish a right relationship between the common good and the individual good? I think there's a framework we can step into that's helpful without telling anybody specifically what is theirs to do. And I think that framework begins with the idea that the individual good and the common good are not completely separate. The individual good and the common good are not completely separate. Many people think that they are. That if I don't take care of me, and I can only take care of me, that it's okay. The individual good and the common good are connected. It's not one or the other. It's both and. I think that's what Cornel West is getting at when he says, never forget that justice, which is about fairness, is what love looks like in public. And so it comes down to this idea, this tenant, I'm not sure if tenant is the right word here, this tenant or this very important concept in Buddhism of living in right relationship to everyone and to everything. That sounds like a tall order, doesn't it? It does to me. It sounds like a very tall order to, to live in right relationship to everyone and everything. But it doesn't matter how tall the order might be, it's where are we in the process of stretching toward that? Are we intellectually humble enough? Are we emotionally mature enough? Are we open enough to ask ourselves, what would it look like if I were to do more of that across all the areas of my life? What would it look like if I were to look through the lens of justice, of the individual good and the common good? What changes might I make? What might I say yes to that I haven't been before? What might I say no to that I'd been saying yes to to before? I want to share three possibilities with you about what justice or living in right relationship requires. These are personal. It's what I think it requires. I'm sure there are other ideas and lists, but you got me, so I'm going to share with you what mine are. First, it's this. Justice, living in right relationship, requires an awareness of just how intricately connected we are. Justice, living in right relationship, requires an awareness of just how intricately connected we are with each other. I remember the Bible verse question, am I my brother's keeper? And I remember the first time I heard another minister say, no, you're not your brother's keeper. I thought, whoa, but I thought that's what it says. I, I am my brother's keeper. And I remember the first time I heard this minister say, you're not your brother's keeper. You are your brother. And it caused me to kind of step back for a moment and realize, that's right. He's talking about the reality that we are one, that we are intricate intricately connected. If the pandemic hasn't shown us that, I don't know what has. We're connected and our lives are intertwined in so many ways from the things that we need and the things that we use to the resources to 
can't put barriers up, I can't put enough barriers up, I guess, to keep a virus in just one place. Nature shows us repeatedly, right, how intricately connected we are. And when we ignore that fact, which we have for quite some time, or at least we have not valued that interdependence enough for a long time, and we're seeing all sorts of challenges, as if Mother Nature is screaming at us, you have forgotten that you are not apart from me, you are a part of me, part of me. Justice, living in right relationship, requires an awareness of this connection, of this connection, and not just with those that it's easy to see our connection, but with all of us, and it takes practice to do that. In metaphysics, we say this in a, in a different way. We say, that, we say this when we say such things as there, as there is no private good. No private good is a way of saying that the, there is a connection between the individual good and the common good. In business, it's popular to talk about win-win-win solutions. Why? Because win-lose falls apart eventually. It might look good on the surface, but eventually it falls apart. Second idea, justice, living in right relationship, requires a give-and-take reciprocity. Justice, living in right relationship, requires a give-and-take reciprocity. It can't be all one or the other. Can't be all giving, can't be all taking. Reciprocity. Mahatma Gandhi said, the world has enough for everyone's need, but not for everyone's greed. The world has enough for everyone's need, but not for everyone's greed. You know, in the circle of, in nature, there's certainly the circle of life, and we probably all remember being taught in our early science classes, survival of the fittest, and all tied to Charles Darwin's book. I remember reading some information about his work, and in so many places in Charles Darwin's work of survival of the fittest, more than survival of the fittest is the idea of cooperation and love. Many more references to that in his work, actually, than this concept of survival of the fittest. There is a give and take reciprocity that's at work that undergirds this idea of justice, this idea of fairness. As we look out at the world, I think that when we see things that are not just, our hearts should be broken open. They should be broken open. And in the breaking open of our hearts, when we see things that are wrong, then whatever it is that we have, whatever talents, whatever skills, whatever resources, whatever leverage, whatever power we might have, how can we bring that to bear to make that situation a little more just, a little more fair? It is what love, it is what justice, justice is what love looks like in public. It's why Jesus said, go feed the hungry, go clothe the poor, 
go work with those who are unhealthy. It doesn't mean those are the only three things we do, but it does mean that we do not separate our spirituality from being citizens of the world, wherever we are. And the song that Jimmer sang, today I'm going to try to change the world. I'm so glad, Jimmer, that you talked about, not just in big ways, because not all of us can do or are called to do it in big ways. But I think we are all called, and we are all needed for sure, to do our best in little ways, to make the world kinder, to make the world more fair, to make the world more just. It requires keeping our eyes open, right? It requires not pulling back from things that might be unpleasant to hear or unpleasant to see, but stepping in where and how we can to see, is there something I can do? Is there something I know? Is there something I have? Is there someone I can connect them with? to make a difference. The give and the take. We all have something that we can give. The give and take. And the third, just as living in right relationship requires understanding that our true strength is in community and cooperation, not competition. Justice, living in right relationship requires understanding that our true strength Our true strength is in community and cooperation, not competition. I remember years ago when I first became familiar with the work of evolutionary biologist Elizabeth Satoris. And I encourage you, if you've not looked her up, to look her up. She's done, and others like her who are evolutionary biologists, study evolution, obviously, and I remember her presenting in a scientific way how cooperation on a species level works so much better than competition, and that what happens to a species if they overproduce and overconsume and overcompete they begin to die down and may, in fact, become extinct. And in her work, she takes people through, and it's easy to understand. It's meant for people like us. It's meant for for lay people. She takes us through the logic and the reason of what's going on in biology to suggest and to remind us, not suggest, that we are not apart from that. We are a part of that as well that the same kind of processes are going on within us, that we as a human family must start looking at ourselves a little bit differently than we have in the past. That we as a human family must look at ourselves and ask, how can I be in community, not just for my family and my friends, but at least expand it outward a little bit more? How can I be in community? How can I be in cooperation rather than in competition? That it isn't about survival of the fittest in that sense of the word. And so, you know, as we look at these virtues, the first three, 
as I've said, we're all inward directed, right? Molding our character. And it's not that justice as a virtue does not mold our character. It certainly does. But justice causes us to look beyond ourselves, beyond ourselves. And when we look beyond ourselves, I think what we're called to do is to ask, and what in me can make a difference here? What in me can bring some light here? What in me can ease some pain here? What in me can fill a need here? Am I willing to look even a little broader, maybe even a little deeper, maybe even a little further, and ask, what are the structures in my society? What are the structures at play that might be holding any sense of unfairness in place? Remember those questions that I led with earlier from the book? How does a society establish a right relationship between the common good and the individual good? To me, that's a big, big question that we're in as a human species very much. We've been in it for a while, but very much now. And I think it's people like us that are on this spiritual journey that don't have all the answers, but are humble enough to ask the hard questions and then open enough to listen to what are those answers. I think we can be part of changing that. We can be part of changing the world a little bit at a time. And so I leave you with the question, are you willing to stay in that place? Are you willing to keep your eyes open? And are you willing to keep your heart open? And then simply say yes. Doesn't have to be something big, but simply say yes to the difference that you can make to making it more just. Namaste. Namaste.